106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Hey everyone, so I am outside of Adam Schiff's office right now and I brought him a gift. This is a gift to him for being a world-class liar. So I'm about to deliver it. <laughs> Let's go in. Hey, how's it going? I brought Adam Schiff a gift and I don't know if I can give it to him or not, but I got him this Pinocchio thing. Because after the impeachment today, I learned that he's a liar. Well, how do you do today? This is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio Podcast. And this podcast uh, is the podcast for December 7th, 2019, and it's a, it is our 36th podcast. So if you want to keep track of that or you want to refer to that, if, if uh, you want to get back to it, it just designates it as different from all the others. So um, if you're new to us, uh, you can reach us in a number of ways. Uh, you may have just been referred to this podcast, No Hostages Radio, and found it on your podcast resource. Or you could have been led somehow, like uh, from the bottom of one of my newspaper articles, to our website at nohostagesradio.com, where uh, not only all are the podcasts, uh, all of them from the beginning for us, uh, listed there, recorded there, but also uh, newspaper newspaper articles that I write for the Territorial Dispatch here in Northern California, up here in Yuba County, but it reaches uh, the newspaper Territorial Dispatch. It's a weekly, goes out to about, oh, I don't know, uh, f- f- portions of four counties, I think, Yuba, Sutter, Calusa, Nevada, maybe up a little bit, bit into Butte. We're up here in uh, Jefferson, the state of Jefferson, uh, and I, I just watched a documentary on YouTube over the last couple of weeks. I stumbled across it, kind of a fresh documentary on, on the desire to have a, a new state up here. Because of the unique needs of the northern state of California versus southern, different needs. Not one person's, one group's bad, the other person's good, just different people, different needs. And that's why we have 50 states in the union and... Um, People have different desires, different ways of life, uh, different uh, objectives in life, different cultures. And so they decide there's enough of us to be different, so they make a different state. So that's happened numbers of times in the United States. Um, West Virginia separated from Virginia. And there's been a number of changes like that that were uh, uh, needed, and uh, people were happy about it, right? So um, we're not really beholding to, we shouldn't be beholding to the government here in the United States of America. The founding fathers uh, designed the Constitution so that the government would be beholding to the people. So if the people desire to do something a bit different, 
uh, it should be up to the people, not a bunch of uh, people in, uh, you know, uh, government officials that have been in there for 30 and 40 years that made a career out of something that was never supposed to be a career controlling us and um, letting their opinion be more important than our opinion as if as if they are kings and rulers. So uh, that's kind of the theme of uh, No Hostages Radio is we've been talking about our government here for uh, as a podcast for 36 sessions now. Uh, but before that, we were on uh, live radio, AM, FM, for about five or six years, and mainly just talking about that, talking about who we are as people, American people, the loss of freedom, the fact that we want our freedom back, that we're not a democracy, we're a democratic republic, a rep- representative form of government w- that uh, is bound by a constitution. And uh, there's liberals in this country that want to eliminate the Constitution and just have the majority rule. If the majority rules, then the majority could decide they want to take all your money or they don't want a certain ethnic group to exist anymore around here or they want to own all your property or they want to take control of all the businesses, right? Socialism. But the Constitution says... uh, we're not going to be ruled by majority rule. In fact, the founding fathers hated that. They hated it with a passion. So what's being bantied about as um, kind of the new thinking, well, we just want the majority to rule. The most vote, votes get it. Well, not necessarily. If it violates the Constitution, then it's not going to get, even if most people vote. It's kind of the same thing as uh, on Measure K, we had a sales tax increase here in Yuba County that according to the the um, statute, should have had a two-thirds vote of the majority uh, instead of just a simple majority. That's 50% plus one. So the people that wanted the tax, the bureaucrats in Yuba County, they celebrated the winning. of uh, They got about 53% of the vote. And they celebrated that. Uh, ray, 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 rah, rah, rah. Uh, we now can charge you more and keep more of your money. Uh, While we said the opposition that they could not do that, that they violated uh, the Constitution, basically, the laws of the land. And so uh, we have not contested that in court. And even though they're they're charging the tax right now, we're saying to them that they are violating uh, the law to do that. And uh, we'll see what's going to happen with the... uh, with the appeal of that coming up. So that's an exact situation where the majority just simply doesn't rule. It has to be bound by government laws that, that have been passed uh, that rule over all that kind of nonsense. So um, I wanted to uh, mention a couple of ways to contact me, and then we'll get into some other topics here. You can reach me on email at lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. And that is our website, nohostagesradio.com, if you want to go look at these articles I refer to every once in a while. Uh, You can also look at them uh, at the Territorial Dispatch if you're living here in Northern California and you're interested in Northern California news. I know I'm reaching now different from the radio program we did for years that didn't always have the capacity to have live streaming and and, uh, Internet, all that kind of stuff. So now we're talking to people that are in other states. So 
uh, you may not be interested in the specifics of what's going on here in Northern California, but you may be interested in the principles that are being violated that affect us all. So if you're listening from the United States of America, uh, we're bound by a constitution that our founding fathers uh, wrote, and it was passed uh, and has been accepted by all the 50 states. Uh, over the years, as states became states and went from territories to states. And so um, so anyway, you, and let me just finish up here. You can, you can reach us at No Hostages Radio. You can also... Um, Call me or text me at 530-713-1838, 530-713-1838, and um, we'll give you, uh, you know, if you have any questions or comments. And so we get some a few comments and a few uh, people that are really glad and people that are really sad at some of the things I say. But uh, uh, my friends got me into this years ago talking uh, to people through the media thinking that I should state my point of view. That's what's beautiful about the United States still is that we can state our point of view, although many people on the conservative end of things are actually have become afraid of stating their particular point of view, their spiritual point of view, their conservative point of view. Uh, their uh, disappointment in many of the ways of the uh, government at this time, because they feel like there's going to be retribution consequences, losing jobs, losing favor in their, uh, in their community, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a cost to it. Right. And when you think about it, when has there not ever been a cost when you're standing up for something that you believe, believe is really white, right? I think uh, more than we want to admit, uh, we on the conservative side have, have become, We've absorbed some of the entitlement mentality. Maybe it hasn't been free money, but it's been a free freedom. And there is no such thing as free freedom. You need to fight for your freedom and you need to it. Freedom is only maintained by vigilance. It doesn't matter whether it's freedom on your block, uh, keeping the uh, cultural environment of the block you live on, the tidiness of it, whether there's drugs on it, whether there's crazy people doing stupid stuff on it. If you just sit back, uh, it will get worse and worse and worse. In fact, a guy I just traveled with to Vietnam was telling me that he once lived in a neighborhood in Yuba City. And uh, over the years, it had been, begun to change, and he didn't like the way it was changing. So he just got up and sold his house and moved out into the country. And he likes it out there a lot better. So things change over time. and uh, But what what's happened is because, because I think many of us have uh, – uh, not been taught proper civics or any civics at all in high school. I certainly did, but I'm, I'm at the other end of my life at this point. But lots of people for decades now, maybe since the 60s, have not been properly taught civics. And so they some and, and they don't know hardly anything about our history on what has gotten the United States where it is in terms of uh, prosperity and influence and safety. Uh, pretty much aside from terrorist attacks, a terrorist attacks beginning in, uh, well, not beginning in 2001, but our most devastating one was in 2001, September 11. But other than that, there haven't really been massive assaults on the mainland. And uh, that's been because of the blessing of God and the vigilance 
uh, that our military has um, held and maintained and around the world in preventing attacks from occurring against the United States of America. Strong, uh, a, a good defense is a strong offense, right? And uh, so for many in the United States, or actually millions, is they think that freedom is free, and it isn't. And there's a real deception there, and it's going to cost, and it actually is costing lives every single day. I've been, uh, I get feeds on my Facebook and about a military personnel and law enforcement personnel that have been, uh, that have given the ultimate sacrifice, uh, made the ultimate sacrifice, given their lives, young people primarily. Um, in a, in the uh, situation with the military, it's usually young people. And with law enforcement, it could be people that have already served 25 years. And uh, But those, those different uh, occupations were uh, designed by God uh, in the Bible and then also in our Constitution to protect the people from foreign invaders and from people that uh, can't get along and behave themselves and follow the cultural norms and values of our communities that they, they have to be dealt with. If you're going to maintain, that's why people join in a community to have some sort of uh, protection and personal protection and protect their property rights. A lot of people don't understand that. So they don't know why the community operates the way it does. That's why we have a police force that should respond. Unfortunately of late in California, I'll just speak for California and you and other States have to judge your situation is we have politicians right now that are uh, handcuffing, if you will, law enforcement from doing their job and more and more law enforcement. In fact, I just have had a friend who, went off on on Facebook, he's a veteran firefighter here locally, about uh, the the government not doing its job and firefighters and cops trying to do their job but being handcuffed by government and there being murders and people lighting things on fire and nobody doing anything about it. Certainly they arrest people, but at that point, but they're doing nothing about the, the screwy culture that's been allowed to flourish lawless culture in our area up here in Northern California of homelessness. They call it homelessness, really just a, a band of addicts for, for the most part. So, uh, so anyway, if you want to reach out to us, you can, but we're going to have about six 20 minute segments here divided up by some clips that I've set aside for you today, even though it's uh, December 7th, uh, the, uh, the date of the attack on Pearl Harbor in 1941. And for a lot of you, it's just like that rolls off your memory pretty easy. But for a lot of young people, they have no idea what even went on that day. And uh, it's really tragic and sad. But that's just the way it is. And so we need to reverse the curse uh, of ignorance in our country. So even though we've passed Thanksgiving, I was in Vietnam on Thanksgiving. There's no turkeys in Vietnam. They eat everything else that moves over there, but not no turkeys in the country. And they don't really celebrate. Uh, I mean, I think Christians are somewhat uh, aware of it over there, but generally not. But what is really being celebrated when I left here 24 hours ago or so is Christmas, big time Christmas. Uh, there's, they're singing, there's Christmas, uh, 
hymns or carols being played in all the stores in Vietnam. And uh, the the whole place is decorated far more than the United States in downtown Saigon. It's just an amazing phenomenon that happens in communist countries. People can sense the freedom, and even though they may not understand everything behind it, uh, they they uh, they are celebrating. And uh, but I wanted to today. You're going to notice in the clips today a lot of focus on Thanksgiving, and I think uh, there's been an all-out assault against the the uh, the truth and the facts about how this country uh, was was not not founded. I'm not. Uh, what I'm really talking about is how it all developed from the time that uh, people left Europe. And we're looking at trying to figure out what's what's where's the rest of the world, what's going on in the rest of the world. And uh, and they had different thoughts about, well, there's a country over here, country over here, and you can go this route and get to here. And they were actually discovering for Europeans, they were discovering what the rest of the world looked like. And they ended up stumbling over here into the Caribbean South America, Central America, and up to what now is North America. And so I want to talk about today, some of that is is the uh, the defrauding of the founding of America by Europeans, and, uh, and also uh, and also talk about the uh, the propagandizing of Thanksgiving by the public school system. So I have some clips on that we're going to play today, even though we passed Thanksgiving. I think it's a critical thing to expose the propaganda and the lies of the teaching profession and liberal politicians uh, in this country. And, and I'll focus some on California, of course, because that's where I'm sitting. Uh, but I think it's very important that, that we fight back and uh, people need to stand up for what they that they believe or they're not going to they're not going to benefit uh, by what they used what people used to believe what our what our fathers what my dad and parents fought for and uh, they paid a lot uh, my father didn't die but he he paid a lot he paid four or five years of his life during world war ii and so uh it's important that People understand the cost that is, that is going on. So uh, Thomas Jefferson said, a government big enough to give you everything you want is strong enough to take everything you have. I'm going to say that again. A government big enough to take to give you everything you want is strong enough to take everything uh, you have. And I wanted to look at another little thing I had here, but I can't find it right now. Um uh, Oh, here we go. This is where we are as a people in the United States. We have people who, there are three types of people, people who make things happen, people who watch things happen, and people who don't know what's happening. We have a huge group that has been intentionally created to not know what's happening. And that is the the generation after generation of school students that are dumbed down, that don't know our history. When you don't know where you came from, uh, you can't figure out how to get back there. And you don't know what existed, how, what made you who you are. You lose your sense of continuity, and you are, in a sense, lost. People, there are people who make things happen, people who watch things happen, and people who don't know what's happening. So right now we have a huge 
a, a number of people in the United States of America who don't know what what's happening. And we had another huge group that, that just watched things happen. They just think that it doesn't make any difference what they do if they just do nothing, that things are just going to somehow work out. And But there are people who make things happen. And that's people like that are that have instead of like people we've elected at office from around the United States who were supposed to be taking care of business in Washington and the the ones that are anti-Trump, both in the conservative party and the liberal party, has spent the entire term of Trump's presidency uh, blocking everything and trying to cause a tumultuous overthrow uh, without firing a shot in the U.S. government. And uh, those people are trying to make things happen. And there's other people that are just going to their cocktail parties and their Christmas parties and uh, trying to, you know, uh, just get more and more money and more and more stuff instead of like fighting for the, the quality of life we have, because your stuff can be taken away from you in a heartbeat when the foundation that everything is built upon is eroded. So I'm going to play you a clip right now. Uh, it's called Americans Celebrate Thanksgiving uh, by the Macaulays, and they run uh, an operation that educates you about the Constitution. It's called Institute on the Constitution, and they're going to talk about Thanksgiving, and we'll be right back. speaking, American millennials' worst subject is history. Many know very little about our European ancestors, the pilgrims, to whom the first Thanksgiving is attributed. These were the first Christian families to settle on the east coast of America. Now, contrary to modern-day teaching, the main purpose the pilgrims came to America was not religious freedom. They had already gained religious freedom 12 years earlier in 1608 when they fled England for Holland to escape extreme persecution from the tyrannical King James I. They told us specifically why they decided to come to America in the Mayflower Compact, the first American government document. For the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. The pilgrims came to America to set up an entire nation for the purpose of glorifying God and advancing the Christian faith. This radical statement united government with a responsibility to God and left a strategy for future generations to follow that has arguably brought about more liberty, prosperity, and joy to our nation than any other political philosophy in any other country in the history of the world. The first national Thanksgiving occurred in 1789. According to the congressional record for September 25th, immediately after approving the Bill of Rights, Mr. Elias Boudinot said, he could not think of letting the congressional session end without offering an opportunity to all the citizens of America to render their sincere thanks to Almighty God for the many blessings he had poured down upon them. The resolution was delivered to President George Washington, who heartily concurred with the congressional request, declaring, Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly to implore his protection and favor. 
Now, therefore, I do appoint Thursday, the 26th day of November, 1789, that we may all unite to render unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection. For years after, Americans were delivered from countless perils, received many victories and blessings, prospered beyond any country, and soon everyone envied the American dream that God had given to persevering Americans. America started becoming self-sufficient. We increased in knowledge, built powerful bombs, and decided we had arrived. We had no problems to overcome. We became like spoiled children. It was all about us, and if we weren't blessed in the way we wanted it, we blamed the God we at one time thanked. Thanksgiving became a holiday, a day off work to eat until we were stuffed, watch the football game, and bless ourselves. This Thanksgiving, let us give thanks to the God of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for America's incredible founding, and pray that our government would never relinquish its God-given duty to preserve our rights. This is Jake McCauley and Dominic McCauley with the Institute on the Constitution, bringing you The American View and wishing you a happy Thanksgiving. No more chicken. I'm Randy Thomason with your SaveCalifornia.com Minute. Are you disturbed by how Chick-fil-A will no longer donate to Christian organizations that oppose the harmful LGBT agenda? I'm sad about it, too, but I'm not shocked because I saw this coming. You see, in 2014, Chick-fil-A's Christian CEO met with a homosexual activist who helped the fast food giant play nice and redefine love as a complete acceptance of sin. It took less than six years for Chick-fil-A to totally sell out by siding with homosexual and transsexual activists against the Salvation Army and the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. It's high time for us to cling to what's right and shirk what's wrong. As for me, I'm sticking with the Bible and telling Chick-fil-A to take a hike. No more of their chicken for me. SaveCalifornia.com, fighting the good fight for your values in California. Though you may not drive a great big Cadillac, gangster white walls, TV antennas in the back. All right, welcome back. Hey, I wanted to... Uh, let you know about a couple of things that are coming up. In fact, they're happening right as we speak. I've been talking about this play at uh, Creative Light Theater in Yuba City, California, and it, it began uh, yesterday, December 6th, and it's running through the 10th, and it's every night, 7 o'clock at Church of Glad Tidings, Highway 99 at Eager Road in Yuba City, California, just north of the city, and it's in, in Building 100. They do these uh, holiday theme plays every year, and then they do one or two others throughout the year. But this is a very good play, and um, I want to encourage you to to go check it out. Um, and I think you'll really enjoy it. It's family friendly. It's free. There'll be a nice intermission, probably some refreshments, and uh, it's no podunk kind of humbug church play. Uh, it's a professionally done play uh, from the set to the script to the unique music, new music. Everything's um, great, great theme. So you can go there and uh, just pop in. I'd go there a little bit early before 7 and get up towards the front where you can see real well. It'll hold several hundred people. 
and it'll be a great time for you, a good memory for you and your family. Uh, it's called Mary, Mary, and it's a real, it's a contemporary uh, look. And of course, I think anytime you go to something that's live, we're we're so um, technology techno- technologically dysfunctional now. Uh, it's it's shameful and sad to watch people go to a restaurant and you're sitting in a restaurant and watch the entire family just looking at their phones. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Uh, into the brain does not work well uh, with technology. Uh, the brain is designed to work with life, with communication, talking to one another, painting, acting, playing music, live stuff, living stuff. Looking at a at a at a, a plastic screen and having things just like played off YouTube all the time is a screwy, perverted, distorted life, and it leads to real uh, to me death of brain cells. So if you want to be stimulated through people acting and themes and subplots and all that stuff, a play is is a cool thing to. Uh, to take part in it's interactive right the other thing i wanted to mention is now and i'll probably mention it one one time other throughout the 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 day today is there's an effort on to recall governor newsom and uh you just you have to be a registered voter you can register at the time that you sign the petition the petition we need to have i don't know, a million and a half registered voters signatures good signatures they are verified by the Secretary of State and the county clerks. So you have to have a million and a half good signatures to get it put on the ballot. There's a lot of times, again, people are ignorant civics-wise. So just signing the petition doesn't get him recalled. It just it just asks the question, if it, if it gets on the ballot, it asks the question, should we recall the governor of the state of California? And that would be on the ballot for everyone for and against to choose. And if enough people, 50% plus one, say, yes, we want to recall Governor Newsom, then on that same ballot, uh, once it qualifies for the ballot, then other people will say, I would like to be governor if he's not going to be governor. And so at the same ballot, you would choose whether or not you want to recall the governor. And if that prevails, then uh, your choice for an alternative governor would Account as well. So you would get rid of a governor and add a governor at the same election. Hope that makes sense. So then it's important right now within the next month or so to get your signature. And so if, if you have issues with the way the state of California is going or you're thinking about maybe you're going to move because because why don't you just in the meantime do what you can. Maybe you're going to go ahead and move anyway, but do what you can to help straighten out the state. Wherever you are in the United States, you're going to be affected by the activities of the state of California because it's so large, almost 40 million people, and it's I think it's got the largest electoral uh, number of votes for president. So however California goes, you're going to have some sort of impact where you are, and it's certainly the, the negative effects of what's going on in California in ter- terms of socialism is going to have an effect everywhere. In fact, when you have socialists that move out of California because the rent's too high here, the the property taxes are too high, you're going to get a socialist moving into Nevada or a communist moving into Nevada or Arizona or Utah or Idaho 
or Missouri or Texas, wherever. And it's going to change your state if that mindset leaves here. So we have an opportunity. uh, You know, what I hate is people that are naysayers. Uh, And that that is, well, it won't do any. I don't think it's going to really do any good. I don't think the state of Jefferson will really, you know, I don't think it will ever come to pass. Nothing comes to pass unless uh, unless you desire to to do so and work at it. You got to work at it. We we become so passive and uh, pussies that we just simply uh, let people run over us and then whine about it. So you need to sign the recall petition if you want to recall the governor. And uh, very simple, uh, you can sign it. Um, I'm going to give you a website, and you can go to that website and find in your county, in one of the 58 counties or your area, where you can go sign that petition, or you can actually download petitions off this website and you can sign them and then get them sent in. Okay. So it's R A N A F R A N A F.org. And that's the website to find out about recalling Gavin Newsom, R A N A F.org. And you can uh, get it on. So uh, in Yuba County here, uh, we've been promoting, uh, there's probably a number of places, but the one I keep mentioning because it's so easy is the Elite Universal Security business at the, at the location of 5548 Feather River Boulevard, just south of Marysville and what we call Linda, 5548 Feather River Boulevard, because they're open every day and they're open all night. And you can really easy hours and you can grab petitions there, take them home, get all your neighbors to sign them and then turn them back in. Or you could just if you're just going to sign up yourself, you could sign up there and you can register to vote there as well. So uh, any questions about that, you can call five, three, zero, seven, four, nine, zero, two, eight, zero, five, three, zero, seven, four, nine, zero, two, eight, zero. And and uh, as I'm talking about elite universal security, they are one of primary sponsors of this program it pays to uh, being on the internet and the cost of uh, editing and producing this show Uh, we don't have any paid employees here including me Uh, we're just doing it because of the love of this country and and the love of freedom and liberty and uh, our constitution our founding fathers and what america stands for and not all other baloney that's going on so thanks to Monty Hecker and uh, out there, he's helping make it make this happen. Monty, Monty is a veteran uh, of serving in the military. They they refer to their organization as not only uh, uh, American owned. So I guess some of these security companies are not American owned or U.S. owned, but this one is, and it's also owned and operated by disabled vet. So if you're a, particularly if you're a veteran and you're looking for a job, they would be thrilled to hire you. In fact, they're all, always looking for people. They're expanding. They're operating from up at the southern Oregon area just across the border all the way down to south of Sacramento all through northern California. And um, so they need unarmed guards, guard, uh, armed guards. They have uh, patrol people, dispatch people, mechanics. They got all kinds of people they're hiring. So you can get a hold of them. Uh, you can go on to api-academy.com, api-academy.com. That's their schooling where they'll train you to 
work for them, or you can go to Elite University, Elite Uni- er, sorry, Elite Elite Universal Security dot com as well, and uh, you can find out uh, all that you need to know there. So this this December, they're going to be doing some classes out there uh, at their location on Federer Boulevard. So on the 14th and 15th of December, that's a weekend. They're going to do classroom training and range day for folks that are wanting to get their concealed weapons permit. They're going to repeat that weekend on the 28th and 29th. So if you're thinking about giving a uh, a gun uh, as a gift this year, uh, and you might consider if you're going to have a concealed weapon type thing or any type of weapons use, you might want to uh, plug into one of those training uh, weekends, 14th and 15th, or the 28th and 29th. Uh, they're also, uh, I they I don't know whether they they had a December 7th, although it's today, and so it's probably too late to get on. At, well, I'm sure it is. They had a taser class and pepper spray class, but they'll have one each month. And if they have enough students, they'll uh, do a taser class, pepper spray class. So if you want to. If you're interested in that, you can call and just sign up with those guys, and they'll tell you what the next day will be, okay? So uh, let's get on, and we'll get into the next uh, information we want to talk about. I noticed uh, I've been on the road some, and I've been over in Vietnam where I do some projects over there. And uh, I noticed that we've been having more and more people shot and stabbed uh, in our what we call homeless camps, which is a misnomer or a, a misnaming uh, of these camps. These camps are uh, habit are habitats of addicts and alcoholics. Uh, you, you know, it's kind of like anytime you you label something like this, then people say, "Well, what about this person? Or what about that person?" I'm not obligated uh, as a human being to know what all 800 or what all 160,000 people are doing at any particular moment in our community, 160,000 or so. And so, but when, when you talk to uh, people that are down there interacting with these folks, whether fellow people in the camps or firefighters are going down, jump starting heroin addicts, overdosing and uh, picking up people that have been shot. uh, They know the people and they know what's going on in the police. And so this constant homeless camp, homeless camp, homeless camp, you think uh, you you get beaten in, into your brain this propaganda that the only problem, if we just had a dwelling that they could be in, then all their problems would be solved. And uh, and then, of course, there's always people say, well, they're just mentally ill. Listen, a lot of the drug addicts that I know, as soon as you get them cleaned up and off drugs, their mental illness goes by the wayside. So we have... Uh, I noticed December 5th, Thursday, newspaper, The Appeal Democrat, suspect in homeless shooting pleads not guilty. So he shot two people. According to the article, this guy, 34-year-old guy, was stealing um, uh, from some campers down there, and he was caught stealing them by the, the folks as they came back to the camp, it sounds like. So he shot them. So... They charged him with this. This is just what he's charged with. They got to prove it. He's innocent until proven guilty, right? He's charged with attempted murder, first-degree burglary, being a felon in possession of a firearm, receiving stolen property, being a felon in possession of ammunition, possessing possession 
of methamphetamine and transporting methamphetamine. Now, we used to take our children down there and go fishing. Would you take your children down there today? Many, I've seen friends of mine that like to jog up on top of the levee. They don't do that anymore because uh, pit bulls are running loose. I don't know whether you've had an encounter with a pit bull uh, off off the leash or outside of a fence. Uh, it's pretty gnarly. And uh, what's happening here is the people that are managing our communities, those are government officials, have let the community go to hell. That's exactly what's going on, that we have chaos. We have chaos in our community. And just like Nancy Pelosi Barack Obama and all these people live behind walls, but are against having walls. They live behind walls, but they're against having a wall. They have their armed guards, but they're against other people having guns. So what we've created is a society where the general population is living in chaos and mutiny and violence and shitting all over the place and shooting each other, raping each other. So I've met ladies in jail that have been raped in those camps, stabbed in these camps, people beaten to death with with blunt objects in the camp, shot in the camps, stabbed in the camps, overdosed in the camps. And all we need to do is provide them just a simple place, apartment to be in. Now, if I owned apartments, I would not rent to them because uh, I could not afford to because they would destroy the apartment. So we have a suspect. That's one. And then if you flip the page, you just go to the next page. We have a says homeless woman accused of murder appears in court. And she shot a guy, uh, according to this article, Monique Trevino. Accused of the murder of Stephen Milbury, Milby, who was found dead in the encampment in the 200 block of A Street. Now, that's over. uh from the uh, city of Marysville, just over the levee. The other one where the guy was shot, two people were shot in the lower part of their body, butt and and uh, in the groin area, they were shot on the Ube City side. So we got problems in both counties. If you're unfamiliar with this area up here, we got rivers coming through here that meet two rivers, Feather, the Feather River and Yuba River. And we have a lot of lowlands where these rivers uh, when it, water gets up, they go out into them. They used to be wonderful areas to take your dog, to take your kids, just explore, go to the river. Uh, people are, are sport fishing up and down the river. And now it is just total chaos and, and just looks like a big funky dump down there. Um, so that's what's going on down there. And uh, they're both counties now or cities are trying to figure out a new an ordinance to actually get people to behave what behave laws that all the rest of us have to behave right so what what the federal judge has done is allowed a certain group of people in our communities to do whatever they want right they just do whatever they want and we have what we have in California because of s- stupid voters reducing the penalties on the um, lawlessness and the California uh, representatives are senators and assemblymen being stupid and allowing people that uh, are making a living at ripping people off, beating people up, stealing, carjacking, raping, letting them out 
uh, we're creating a, a very unsafe environment. And uh, it's interesting, you know, we have beautiful riverfront park that was put, helped put together by a pediatrician in town, Leonard Marks, Dr. Leonard Marks. And, you know, you just, uh, you just wonder how far this is going to go where you just, you can't go here and you can't go there. If you're a single person, like, or you're a young person, can you ride your bicycle over there? Are you going to be, feel free to be a single woman? or a woman running alone or jogging or hiking or whatever, taking her dog down the river bottoms for a run without people harassing you or assaulting you or somebody else's pit bull that's not being managed, destroying your dog, right? But that's what's going on here. We don't, we, we, you think, oh, well, uh, let's see, we could lose our freedom if a communist military attack happened. Actually, you lose your freedom just like we're doing it right now. We've surrendered our freedom like if I like I have a friend that wouldn't walk across from where she used to live on 10th Street and go over to Walgreens at night, a female friend, young woman, not a child, but a woman, young woman. She wouldn't walk to Walgreens or CVS because she would get harassed by all the homeless over there. You can't go to Panda Express at the corner of uh, F and 10th Street without being hit up by two a couple people going in there. In fact, they, they got the they got the door at. Panda Express and and uh, Starbucks over there, totally blocked. You can't you can't get in without getting talked to by these people, and they hit you up going into Walgreens. So many people I've talked to used to go to Walgreens is one of the older uh, uh, big pharmacies in our area, and then CVS came along, some of the Rite Aid came along, but a lot of people were Walgreens uh, customers have quit going there in Marysville because of the harassment. It's unbelievable. So uh, this is a government-created program. Uh, we call it homelessness, where they can disobey the laws. And uh, I mentioned this on, I commented to, uh, back to my firefighter friend on Facebook, and I said, the problem is that the people being killed don't matter. If If the mayor's daughter or mayor's son or a senator or assemblyman's son was killed down there um, or had his kid down there and the guy got chewed up by a, a, a wild pit bull, uh, you may get more interest at the upper level. If Gavin Newsom's daughter or son was murdered by an illegal alien or homeless person, uh, they may take it more seriously, but they don't because they're all protected. They live in a different world than the average person does. That's typical of socialism around the world. You have very, very rich people who have all the protection that all of us should have, but they won't uh, allow it, and they expose us to all this kind, whether it's disease, whether it's assault, whether it's theft, whether it's egregious taxes, whatever. So um, we're going to be back here. We're finishing our second segment. Let me tell you what's happening so I don't throw you. This is another clip. Five facts about Thanksgiving that the left won't tell you about. We'll be back in just a second, and we'll keep plugging along here. Thank you.
happy Thanksgiving, the time of year when social justice warriors hashtag thanks but no thanks and tell us we should not celebrate Thanksgiving because it is a holiday glorifying the genocide of indigenous peoples by white imperialist men and the whole day is a bunch of capitalist BS. These social justice warriors are so woke they prefer the rabid materialism of Black Friday, I guess. But here's what really happened on the first Thanksgiving. What the history books won't tell you about Squanto, the pilgrims, and the New World. Five facts about Thanksgiving the radical left does not want you to know. Fact number one, Squanto was a Christian. That's right, the Native American Squanto had been sold into slavery as a boy, taken to Europe, where ultimately Christian monks converted him to Christianity before he returned to America. In fact, before Squanto died, he asked the English governor to pray for him so that he could, quote, go to the Englishman's God in heaven, end quote. Fact number two, the pilgrims who fled religious persecution in Europe and came to America did not commit genocide against Squanto's people. When Squanto returned to the New World, before the Mayflower ever landed at Plymouth Rock, Squanto's whole village had been obliterated by disease. Not genocide, disease. Fact number three, it wasn't just the Native Americans who were decimated by disease. No, no. The settlers suffered the same cruel fate. Half of the pilgrims died in the first winter alone from disease and also from starvation because they didn't know how to farm. That's when Squanto taught them how to farm. And then after their farming came to fruition, the settlers in Squanto celebrated with a big feast, the first Thanksgiving for the bountiful harvest. You would think that'd be all, but no. The truth about the first Thanksgiving is that it also taught us fact number four. Socialism and communism do not work, even when it's practiced by good Christian men with sincere motives. It didn't work for the settlers. Governor William Bradford learned that the hard way after he set up a collectivist society in the New World that people refused to work when they knew they'd be taken care of by the commune. Other people didn't want to work if their work was being given to freeloaders and theft became rampant. Which brings us to fact number five. In fact, after Squanto taught the pilgrims to farm, what made the settlers succeed in the New World? Well, they abolished their socialist-style society and returned to freedom and liberty and individual property rights and a sincere belief in a Christian lifestyle. But the radical left would like you to forget that. Maybe the social justice warriors don't want you to know about the failed socialist experiment right here in America, so they obscure the truth about the history of Thanksgiving by pretending it's a celebration of genocide. But that narrative in liberal history books on college campuses imperated by radical leftists is a historical lie. We need someone on that stage who has the ability to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Donald Trump and someone who has the ability to rebuild the Obama coalition and bring the party and the nation together. I believe I am back in. Girl, bye. I know you did not just say that you want to rebuild the Obama coalition to bring America back together. Obama messed up America. Obama divided America. Obama put America in debt. You want to rebuild that? There is no rebuilding nothing. Obama didn't build nothing for you to rebuild. What are you? Kamala, let me talk to you real quick, okay? You need to step down, okay? You need to end your campaign. How are you even on stage? You polling at 3%. How they let you on stage? Who did you pay to, or who did you, you, well, we know what you did with Willie Brown and how you got to, your career started. How in the world did you get on that stage? Sometimes the greatest way to say it's 
All right. You know, one of the things I've noticed with the whole politically correct thing that isn't correct at all, it's actually politically, the whole politically correct thing is insanity. The whole woke thing is so stupid and, and embarrassingly immature. But I notice now that we just, uh, that things, words that used to mean something in our society like winter, fall, summer, spring, uh, which were just transitions in the weather that we all knew were coming. It was no big deal. We we changed our clothes out. We pulled out the winter clothes. We winterized our houses. We cleaned out our gutters. But now we don't we no longer can have a rainy season. Now we call these rains when it when like for instance I'll have a forecast. I was watching the forecast from uh, Vietnam hoping that it would rain some because I didn't uh, you know my sprinklers are not on automation. So instead of having somebody come over, I didn't want to bother having somebody come over and turn on the water. I thought, man, if it just water, rain a couple times. Well, it did, thank God. So, but I just consider, because I was raised with rain and sun and summer and winter and that. And now we have, when it rains, now we have, you, you know, do you notice on texting and Facebook where people go, OMG? Oh, my God, right? That's the initials are, oh, my God, I think, right? Isn't it interesting that we we live in an oh, my God world now where when I was raised with the greatest generation, right, uh, prior to the baby boomers, the ones that went through the Depression and World War II, there just weren't many oh, my God. And, you know, when you get your lungs kicked out in war and depression, there's not much worse it can happen to you so you're not a sissy and a pussy and you get up in the morning and and your car blows up or this happens or that happened it's just not the end of the world you're tough uh you're you're battle tested you're not an oh my god sissy but now we have atmospheric rivers it's just not it's just a rainstorm but they call them atmospheric rivers now it's like it's like everything is armageddon Everything that happens is Armageddon. Some conservative is going to speak at the Berkeley campus like Ann Coulter, and it's an OMG. Oh, my God. I don't think we can take it. I don't think I can go. I don't. I was going to go to the campus tonight to study, but I don't, I don't think I can handle it. It's just too – honestly, what kind of – we have mental health cases we have you know, in our communities now. We don't have normal, healthy, adjusted people. We have children that are now 35 years of age that actually are mental health cases. So now we have studies shows connection between weather phenomenon, economic effects of localized flooding. You know something? I've I was born and raised up here in Northern California in, in Yuba County, and we we always didn't we didn't have an annual flood that wiped the city out the cities, but we always had in strong rainstorms. You have some flooding. So what? You just like deal with it, right? Manage it. Deal with it muck it out clean the ditches out you just have to deal with it but now we have these things called atmospheric everything is overblown it's just like everything is awesome no everything isn't awesome some things are just mundane it's just like it's just boring it's just life it's just the grind it's not oh that's awesome oh that's awesome oh that's awesome oh that's awesome no everything ain't awesome it just it, everything is in an atmospheric river <laughs> so we you know we've had hot Summers when it was like whole, you know, a month of a hundred degrees or more. So what? 
just it's not an, oh my god it's just summer just summertime get over it so i just think that the whole thing is a bunch of people trying to run this country that that are uh, they're just like fragile mentally it's just like they can't handle they just can't handle a rough day they just they got to have everybody kissing their rear end it's just crazy um all right so uh let's see where are we had it here all right um I love this. I, I love this lady and uh, Candace Owens. You know, every once in a while, the, you know, when these black charlatans that are trying to make a, well, not trying to, they made millions of dollars. They made a career off uh, creating racism. Brock and Michelle Obama joined them. The Sharptons of the world, uh, Jesse Jacksons of the world, who really didn't have never done anything for anybody and produced anything of any consequence. He didn't, they never cured diabetes or cancer or help people that are uh, crippled. But uh, every once in a while, then we'll have a black new leader come along, like a young woman named Candace Owens. And, you know, and contrary to like Barack and Michelle, who were born with a silver spoon in their mouth, right? This gal came up the hard way being raised uh, in difficult circumstances, right? And so she says, to the people who fly private but lecture us about the environment, to the people who live in gated communities but lecture us about building walls, to the people who travel with armed guards and lecture, lecture us about guns, your bottomless hypocrisy is why America chooses Trump. And that's it. It couldn't have been said with fewer words or simpler or clearer than Candace Owens. She's just a very clear voice for humanity. She happens to be black, but she is a clear voice for our founding fathers. Uh, this is another one I loved. I picked this up the couple of weeks ago. After 146 years, the Ringling Brothers Circus is closed. Do you realize now that circuses are not woke, they're not politically correct. It's it's like wrong to have a circus where you train an animal to do a certain thing. It's like unkind and abusive. So after 146 years, the Ringling Brothers Circus is closed. <clears throat> and and the funny thing is, there's a photo of all these people dressed up as circus acts and clowns and stuff. It says they couldn't compete with the Democratic Party. Don't you think that's amazing? Uh, but it's the way it is. It's it's just the way it is. The Democratic Party is is they're in they're out of their minds. And and Rush Limbaugh for years made the comment that liberalism is a mental illness. And I used to think maybe that was an overstatement. I don't think it is at all. I, it's it's an understatement. Uh, this is the crazy things that go on in our. This is when government is insane. There's a picture of a, a air. Uh, I remember, well, let me back up and say there used to be a guy that a very successful talk show down in, in, in San Diego. His name is Roger Hedgecock. At one time, he was mayor of San Diego, and then he became uh, a talk show host. And then he, he was national talk show host for a while, and then he, then he quit doing that after a number of years. But he was very his popularity peaked, I think, when he was really addressing local issues in San Diego. And they have they've had some devastating fires down there. And he brought up the the uh, the bureaucratic dysfunction of the state of California in fighting fires. 
And he was saying how there were all kinds of tankers or airplanes that could have fought some of these devastating fires that were horrible uh, down when he was on the air in San Diego. And he said they just sat on the tarmac and no one used them because of bureaucratic uh, dysfunction in the state of California and could have prevented a lot of the damage that uh, that uh, was the outcome of of this non-fighting of the fires. Uh, they they handcuffed themselves. It's kind of like going to war and not letting people shoot when they needed to. So there's a picture of a single engine plane that is a firefighting plane that can land on water and load up and and also then take back off and dump. So it's it's uh, let me just read this to you. This is fascinating. I didn't know this. Said so the owner of this airplane is based in Chico, California. Now, that's just below where the campfire was and completely destroyed. I think it's the biggest uh, fire in recent history in the United States, Paradise, California, completely wiped out. Over 80 people died. The owner of this airplane, it says, based in Chico, California, which is next to the campfire that has destroyed thousands of homes and more than 1,000 people are still missing. I don't know whether that's true or not, but a lot of people were at one time. The airplane is an Air Tractor 802. Air Tractor 802 designed for firefighting. I thought, oh, I've never seen one look like this, this picture here. Uh, and it says this is this man's business is he owns these planes and then he rents them out or uses them or deploys them around uh, wherever there's fires. He said, this writer said there's eight of these planes based at Chico Airport where this guy's business is. And he contracts with firefighting in many other states. He notified the guy that owns his business, Cal, he notified Cal Fire as soon as the fire started in Butte County and told them he had four airplanes ready to go and could use the water from Oroville Dam. In other words, you've seen planes that could land on the water. So th- this plane has the ability to land on the water, suck up the water, and then take off and dump it on the fire. Pretty cool, huh? And it's not like one of these big jet air- airliners. Uh, it's more like a crop a, a, a beefy crop duster looking thing. And so uh, he had four airplanes ready to go, but he was turned down because his airplanes are single engine airplanes, which are not allowed in the state of California for that, for this purpose. Now that's what, this is what Roger Hedcock, Hedgecock was talking about years ago. So we would rather have entire areas of the, of our community destroyed rather than using every device that has been proven successful, uh, every type of mechanical device, whether it's a fire truck, fire engine, helicopters, jet airplanes, whatever, to stop fires. So we've handcuffed ourselves. And uh, so something to think about, just more and more dysfunction. Hedgecock brought this up that I don't know whether these planes, there were some planes located at Camp Pendleton, the Marine base that they could have used. or In other words, when when you look at an area, there's lots of resources, whether military resources or state resources or private resources. I have a friend that works in the fire prevention business and he used to work for Cal Fire. Now he's in the private business. But it's up to the government to properly properly manage and deploy these various services. Why? They're supposed to be serving us, right? 
So uh, let me, this is interesting, and you probably, some of you may not know this, but it gives perspective on the Trump victory. And uh, so the title of this, for all the people who fell asleep in civics class, this guy says there are 3,141 counties in the United States. There happen to be 58 in in, uh, California. 3,141. Trump won 3,084 of them. Isn't that amazing? Three, he won 3,084 of 3,141 counties. You think, well, how did he lose the popular vote? Clinton only won 57 counties in the election of, in, in the whole United States. However, there are 62 counties in New York State. Trump won 46 of the 62 counties in New York State. Clinton won 16. Clinton won the popular vote by approximately 1.5 million votes. Now, that's being disputed because uh, that, that she probably wouldn't have wanted those, won those votes, according to even liberal uh, tech scientists by a guy named Epstein. He's a tech scientist, and he said that Facebook and Google confused people and persuaded them that probably up to 10 million votes were twisted around uh, and illegally influenced to Clinton. Clinton won the popular vote by 1.5, according to this, 1.5 million. In the five counties that encompass New York City, so you can just see, could New York City sway the vote in a presidential election if you didn't have the Electoral College? Absolutely. In the five counties that are in New York City, Bronx, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Richmond, and Queens, Clinton received over 2 million more votes than Trump. Clinton won only four of the counties. Trump won Richmond. Therefore, these five counties alone more than, more than accounted for Clinton's winning the popular vote. Just four, uh, five counties accounted for the entire margin of victory on the popular vote for Clinton. Just five counties of 3,141 counties in the United States. That's what the founding fathers didn't want to go by just um, whoever got the most people voting. Because in other areas that are sparsely populated, those people, they didn't want those people to be ruled by urban dwellers, right? That's what's happening in Northern California by L.A. controlling Northern California on the state level. These, Calif- these five counties in New York City comprise 319 square miles. Uh, for instance, comparatively so, Yuba County uh, is 644 square miles. These five counties comprise 319 square miles. This is how densely populated this is. The United States is comprised of 3,797,000 square miles. When you have a county that encompasses almost 4 million square miles of territory— a country, sorry, when you have a country that encompasses 4 million square miles, it would be ludicrous to even suggest that the vote of those who inhabit a mere 319 square miles should dictate the outcome of a national election. Now, this is what the Democrats are are pushing for, advocating. They want to say the, the five counties of, of New York and a couple of counties in California to choose the president of the United States and to hell with the rest of you. That's what they want. So uh, large, densely populated Democrat cities, New York City, 
Chicago, L.A., uh, shouldn't and were never intended to speak for the rest of the country. They have a voice, but that's it. And that's why uh, we have an electoral college to give the uh, the states that are, you know, it's amazing to me, people that are all, all into population control, we need to murder kids, murder babies. If you get in a car and start travel, dr- driving across the United States, or you go drive across China, or you go across India by train, I've done all three. It's shocking how much space there is. In fact, I've I've had this. There's, people have done the numbers on this. You can put the entire world's population in Texas, and it's been done over and over again. People tell how many how many square feet or how many square yards people will have in Texas, and you know if you put it all entire world. I'm not suggesting you do. That. I'm just saying that all this talk about we're running out of this, we're running out of that, we're going to run out of we're going to the the world's going to end, and the Democrats are saying the world's going to end in 12 years, right? It's just crazy talk. It, it's the same stupid talk that other religious cults like the Jehovah Witnesses and stuff keep prophesying the end of the world. And then when that date doesn't come, then they just set the date off a little farther. So here's here's a we just got a couple of minutes here. I'm going to fit a couple of things. I just caught my attention. You know, sometimes we just hear these things like, an 18-year-old is too young to own a rifle. I used to walk through Marysville and go duck hunting and leave at 3 or 4 in the morning because we had to walk through. We didn't have, we didn't want to take bicycles and stuff because we had too much gear. We were walking. We'd walk out of the in north, north of town to hunt ducks. And you, you could walk down the street with a shotgun in your hand at 13, 14 years of age, and the cop wouldn't even give you a second thought. It, it just it, it wasn't any big deal. And now we're so sissified in this country. So uh, it said this thing, somebody wrote this. I love these things because they put things in perspective. If you think an 18-year-old is too young to own a rifle, but a 16-year-old is mature enough to vote, a 14-year-old is old enough to get an abortion without parental consent, and a 3-year-old is mature enough to decide their own gender, then you are the problem. Uh, let me read this. This I'm going to talk about taxes when we come back from the break, but I want to just read this poem. I think I can do it real quick. We've got a couple of minutes here. Taxes, tax his land, tax his bed, tax the table at which he's fed. Tax his tractor, tax his mule. Teach him taxes are the rule. Tax his work, tax his pay. He works for peanuts anyway. Tax his cow, tax his goat, tax his pants, tax his coat. Tax his ties, tax his shirt, tax his work, tax his dirt. Tax his tobacco, tax his drink, tax him if he tries to think. Tax his cigars, tax his beers, if he cries, tax his tears. Tax his car, tax his gas, find the uh, find other ways to tax his ass. Tax all he has, then let him know that you won't be done till he has no dough. When he screams and hollers, then tax him some more. Tax him till he's good and sore. Then tax his coffin, tax his grave, tax the sod in which he's laid. Put these words upon his tomb, taxes drove me to my doom. When he's gone, do not relax. It's time to apply the inheritance tax. Accounts receivable tax, building permit tax, see California driver's license. 
cigarette tax, corporate tax, dog license tax, excise tax, federal income tax, federal unemployment tax, fishing license, food license, fuel permit tax, gas tax, gross receipts tax, hunting license tax, inheritance tax, inventory tax, IRS interest, another tax, liquor tax, luxury tax, marriage license tax, Medicare tax, personal property tax, property tax, real estate tax, service charge tax, social security tax, road usage tax, recreational vehicle tax, sales tax, school tax, state income tax, state unemployment tax, telephone federal excise tax, telephone federal universal service fee tax, telephone federal state local surcharge tax, telephone minimum usage surcharge tax, telephone recurring and non-recurring charges tax, telephone state and local tax, telephone usage charge tax, telephones, telephones, telephones. Utility taxes, vehicle license registration tax, vehicle sales tax, watercraft registration tax, well permit tax, workers' compensation tax. Not one of these taxes existed 100 years ago, and our nation was more prosperous than it is today. So, irony, here's one. We just had a big, another climate conference, and... uh our Democrat friends got in their individual little planes and didn't feel any concern about their carbon footprint and all flew over there. Democrats, so check this out. Democrats flew to climate conference to discuss penalizing people who use air travel. My, my, my. Will we do anything about it? Well, you could if you wanted to. But uh, we'll see. We'll be right back. It's amazing how you knocked me off my feet. Uh. Every time you come around me, I get weak, no Nobody ever made me feel this way, ah, no You kiss my lips and then you take my breath away So, I wanna know Say, I like to know Speaker Nancy Pelosi and 14 other Democrats from both the House and the Senate are attending the COP25 climate conference in Spain this week, where about 25,000 people are set to meet and discuss issues like eco-friendliness, climate disasters, indigenous communities, and gender. And guess how they got there? Here's a hint. It sure as heck wasn't by rowboat. Hilariously, in between doomsday predictions, feminist manifestos, and breakout sessions on the effects of global warming on the Brazilian dung beetle, the conference will discuss ways to potentially place fines on global aviation companies to discourage people from flying and making unnecessary contributions to atmospheric carbon dioxide pollution. Got that? A bunch of politicians just used our money to fly on airplanes to a conference designed to penalize us for flying on airplanes. Pelosi said in a statement that the conference is critical, saying, quote, taking action to protect our planet is a public health decision for clean air and clean water for our children, an economic decision for creating the green, good-paying jobs of the future, a national security decision to address resource competition and climate migration, and also a moral decision to be good stewards of God's creation and pass a sustainable, healthy planet to the next generation. Moral for everyone, of course, except elitist politicians who don't want to give up their taxpayer-funded air miles. And see, this is why you are dumber than a box of nails if you take climate alarmists seriously. 
See, according to liberal bureaucrats, all of us unwashed masses are just supposed to sit around our campfires in sackcloth and ashes gnawing on tree bark while they spend our cash jet-setting around the world to talk about how terrible we plebes are for the planet. The hypocrisy here is insane, but it is hardly a secret. This house right here, it belongs to Leonardo DiCaprio, climate alarmist in chief. It's an $11 million property in Malibu. You know, one of those places that are just supposed to fall off into the sea any day now? Yeah, Mr. Apocalypse now owns a house on it. He also wasn't concerned enough about ocean levels rising to keep from dropping 1.75 million on a private island in Belize where he plans to build a luxury resort. But it's totally okay because it'll have solar panels on the roof. And celebrities and politicians who love lecturing the rest of us on climate change seem to really, really love big energy sucking mansions and super swanky beach homes. Here's Lana Del Rey's Malibu Beach House. It's just one of her three properties, by the way. Here's John Kerry's spread in Martha's Vineyard. John Travolta's house includes a runway for his five, count them, five airplanes. Now, just to be clear, I don't really give a rip if you want to buy a house in La Jolla. If you made a bazillion dollars starring in a bad rom-com or lip-syncing at Madison Square Garden and you want to spend it on a 17,000-square-foot monument to yourself, honestly, that's fine by me because I'm not a socialist. But if you just took your private jet to your private mansion on your private island that sits empty nine months out of the year, you don't get to lecture Barbara from the Burbs for driving her kids to soccer practice in a pre-owned SUV. And if you just spent my money gallivanting off on a gas-fueled airplane to Spain to hear academics whining about the ice caps when you could have just as easily watched it on YouTube, you don't get to tell me that I can't fly to see my grandma for Christmas. So suck on that, and while you're at it, use a straw. You can reach me by railway You can reach me by trailway You can reach me on an airplane you can reach me with your mind You can reach me by a caravan Cross the desert like an errand man I don't care how you get here Just get here if you can All right, we're in our fourth segment uh, now And I, I made that uh, little poem Did that little poem for you but I wanted to, as a uh, sort of setup to talk about some of the tax challenges we have here in California. And uh, I can't speak for those. I'm not that knowledgeable, so I can't speak to the folks out there in the other states that we uh, are reaching. But you're eventually going to face these problems that we're facing in California. And, and the big problem is a lack of understanding and a lack of knowledge. Uh, and so it's possible for politicians and and special interest groups with a lot of money to put on a propaganda campaign. And when I say propaganda, I mean they're not telling the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help you God. They just tell portions of the truth. And they blast with a lot of money. They have millions of dollars, unions, special interest groups, environmental groups. And so they sway the voters because they don't know what the voters don't know what they're talking about. They don't know they don't know the truth. And it's it's what we proved in Measure K, the sales tax increase here, was that a small group of people with the truth and with knowledge could hold off and fight uh when 
when we really didn't even form a campaign committee and didn't even have any funding. We went against probably half a million dollars in funding. And uh, and we may end up defeating this tax. It's it's cost a lot. It's cost a lot. In fact, as of December 5th, the tax has now removed three million dollars from the pockets of Yuba County residents at the tune of about ten thousand dollars a day. They're taking uh, illegally from Yuba County residents and the county after losing um, the major K court case after they won by 53% of the vote and they should have won by 66.6% of the vote. Uh, judge Stephen Barrier, longtime judge in Yuba County in the Superior Court, ruled in favor of the anti-Major K people, but the county then appealed it to a higher court in Sacramento, and it takes a long time to get into court on an appeal. And so in the meantime, this is how totally biased and criminal the laws in the state of California are against people opposing government taking money out of their pockets. So you would think if if you won in court at the local level, you should be able to stop a tax being taken away from you, right, taken from you or assessed, being assessed on you. But no, uh, that's not the case at all. You, you have to a, a win is only a win when the opposition quits appealing. So instead of holding the tax in abeyance and not taxing the people, they're actually taxing the people. And then you, the next question you would have, well, what if they, what if it's been illegal all, all along? How do people get their money back? Well, that's an impossibility. And if you ask the county, they have nothing to say about that right now. Even though they're going to, the county is going to benefit this is totally, it's kind of like saying this, a person does a home invasion in your house. They take your valuables, they beat you up, take your valuables and leave. The cops catch them and prosecute them and indeed they're wrong. But the judge says, well, uh, we really can't get your stuff back for you, so they get to keep your stuff. That's exactly what this is. We've had a tax invasion on the county residents of Yuba County. It, it was illegal the way they did it. They violated their own laws. It, see, the government is always arresting citizens for violating the law, but the government violates the law themselves and then goes without being uh, prosecuted. They don't do any time. So do you think Pelosi's going to do any time? McCa- uh, uh, Mueller's going to do any time? McCabe's going to do any time? Strzok, Page, all those liars back there in Washington? You see conservative people doing time if they misstate something. But you can have an attempted coup of the president of the United States, and these people are going to walk away free, 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 free. And so the government can ignore their own running documents. But if you dare do it, you will be fined and you will be put in jail. What kind of impact does this have? It's a chilling impact on people speaking out. They're afraid to speak out because they're, they're going to have consequences. Somebody won't do business with their business because they stood up for something that's right, for freedom. So 
So that's what's going on. So Yuba County is going to get to keep these millions of dollars taken illegally from us because of, of to me, the, uh, f- for instance, let's just go back and just forget money for for instance, and just say there's something that's been put on the ballot that is going to be have something to do with abortion or some other topic that doesn't have anything to do with money. So the majority of them, if a majority of Californians vote on a particular issue call, we'll call it issue a. It's a change of how we do business in California, do something in California. And we pass it. And the opposition, even though they lost, they they take it to the court. They take it to the Supreme Court of California or appellate court or something to say this this law was passed by citizens of the state of California, but we don't agree with it because we think it violates the Constitution. So in the meantime, until those judges rule, it may take a year or two to rule, until those judges rule, this law is it is not enforced. That's the way it works in non-money laws. And um, so then when the Supreme Court actually rules, yep, it was unconstitutional. It never did. It never was put into effect anyway. And so now it won't be put into effect. But when you get down to taking money from the people, the way that works is that if it's, it's illegal and no one fights it, then you're stuck with those taxes for the rest of your life. If it's illegal and somebody fights it and they win, you're still stuck with those taxes until the opposition or the people that wanted the tax quit fighting. You get it? It's totally a ripoff. So the the chief friend of the taxpayer in California is a group called Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association. It was started in 1973 or so when a group of people got so fed up with the state of California taking people's property from them because they couldn't pay their taxes. They kept raising the taxes almost every year, property taxes. So uh, the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association, a guy named Paul Gann and Howard Jarvis, two guys headed up this thing to uh, pass Proposition 13, which was to change the way property taxes are assessed on on real property, right? Real estate property, whether whether you're a business or a private individual. So uh, John Kupal, who's now president of Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association, or HJTA.org. Uh, in fact, if you want to give a donation, if you if you live in California, you want to give a donation to somebody that's really doing us huge good, it's, it's donate to HJTA.org. Very easy. They got great articles there. So he wrote an article called Hidden Agenda and Masquerading Big Bond Measure. So in, we got two elections coming up here in March in California. That's our primary, our new primary date in March. And then, then the November general election, which will include the presidential election. We're going to have a lot of propositions that we always do on California ballot. And people get snookered because they don't know what they're doing. The voters don't know what they're doing. And they end up voting for these bond measures, which are essentially going out and borrowing money. And then we have to pay it back at fantastic interest rates. So whether you're borrowing money for, they say we need more water resources, then they won't build any more dams. We need more roads. Then they don't build any more roads. They put in a bullet train. 
They lie. They lie. There's no other word about it. They lie. They lie. They deceive. They they uh, roadblock you. They manipulate the voters. It's totally these people. These t- if you look at the worst prisoners in the state of California, they do not measure up to the, the attorney general of the state of California, Becerra, and the Gavin Newsom's, the, pre- the Governor Brown's, the perverts in the, the assembly and the, and the state. They do not measure up to these people in the deception, perversion, uh, lying, ripoff groups in the state of California. They do not. We should. The only justification I could say letting criminals go is we need to replace them with the people that got the suits on down there in Sacramento. John Kupal says, in a bit of an irony, this March, there will be a Proposition 13 on the California state ballot. But unlike the landmark protection of the 1978 uh, Prop 13, I think I called it 73, it's 78 Prop 13, this new Prop 13 in 2020 will put taxpayers on the hook for $27 billion more dollars that you're going to have to pay out of your hard-earned wages. Kupal says there's another big difference between the Prop 13 1978 and the Prop 13 2020 ballots. Measures. The first was a result of a massive grassroots effort by citizen taxpayers and homeowners striking back against out-of-control property taxes, as opposed to the upcoming fake Prop 13 was put on the ballot by the California legislature. These people are the biggest crooks. If, if our founding fathers hated King George and those people across the water, those people were saints compared to these crooked demons down there in Sacramento. Kupal says the 2020 Prop 13 is a huge $15 billion statewide school bond chock full of hidden traps for taxpayers. Now, a lot of you out there buy stuff on time. You charge stuff, you go get a car loan, you do this, you do that. So you know the fact that you can go out and buy something for $8,000, and the payback, if you can't pay it in cash, the payback might cost you 11000 You got that? The payback on this $15 billion school bond, bonds are just loans. You're, the, that means that you're, the taxpayer is authorizing this legislature to borrow money and then take your money and pay it back. The payback on $15 billion is going to be $27 billion, almost twice as much money to take this money right now and then pay it back over a long period of time. Do you ever realize, or does it ever stand out to you how the you can't do this at home and survive? If you go out and borrow, borrow, borrow to survive, eventually people are going to cut you off and you're going to go bankrupt and you're going to take everything you own. But we get down to Sacramento or get to Washington, and they they portray the situation like there is no way taking all these billions and trillions of dollars that they can survive on the cash they're given, but they got to go borrow more. So Kupal says, no one is disputing the need for adequate school facilities. No one's saying we shouldn't have school. No one's saying we shouldn't have teachers. But it's failed. It's a huge failure. You know, somebody said to me the other day, Lou, 
How come the school can't budget in like at Yuba College? They can't budget how much to take, you know, to maintain their facilities. You mean we just let them all run down and then we got to go out and borrow money to fix them? That's exactly what's happening. I can't do that in my house. California voters, Kupal said, have already approved big school bonds, a 2016 $7 billion measure, only to see much of those funds wasted. He says, remember the infamous Belmont High School scandal when Los Angeles Unified wasted hundreds, hundreds of millions of dollars building the nation's most expensive high school. You know where they placed it? They built it with all the environmentalists supposedly watching over everything and nitpicking and regulating, overregulate. They built it on a toxic waste site in L.A. Kupal says currently there are strict limits on how much bond debt local school districts are allowed to carry. However, a hidden provision in this new Prop 13 in 2020 nearly doubles the limit school districts can borrow. Why do you think they're doing that? Because the unions want to take more money from taxpayers. You know who gets all this money? Unions through the teachers. They also get it when they build buildings. This is such a total ripoff. It's called the Davis-Bacon Act. You can look it up on Wikipedia. You can look at the whole racist history of it. Kupal says there are other, other hidden landmines in this bond proposal, including a preference for school construction project that employ a project labor agreement. That's called a prevailing wage agreement. It's slanted towards the unions. Instead of having a fair playing field that anybody can bid on this project and you can pay your workers whatever you want to pay them as long as it's according to state law, right? It says this gift, this is a gift. This project labor agreement is a gift to the construction trade unions, and it adds 25 to 30 percent to the cost of school construction and frees out, frees out responsible construction companies. Let me explain this to you. When you drive around Yuba Sutter area or anywhere in California, you see a brand new school auditorium or a classroom. You're like, oh, that's beautiful. I'm glad my kids get to go to that school. My kids get to go to the big, a brand new gym. My kids like sports. That gym, that classroom, that laboratory, chemistry lab or whatever, that costs 25 or 30% more than it should have. When you go, I tell people, I used to do a finance class, I always tell people, it's not how much you make, it's how little you spend to get what you want. So if you can buy a pair of pants, like a lot of my lady friends who ran their families wisely would hit the thrift stores, and they'd pick up brand, nearly brand new pants for their youngsters at for $2 instead of paying $20, right? Well, they, they had nice looking clothes kids at a, at a, just a fraction of what other people stupidly do just going down the store and buying right off the shelf. So how many of you would spend 25 to 30% more for a car, for a blouse, for a set of shoes, for anything you wanted for a boat? Just because, how many of you don't how many of you don't ever take the time to shop around to get a good deal on a refrigerator or whatever and save maybe 20 30%? This actually puts into law that we are mandated to give 25 to 30%. When you look at that beautiful building, and schools build some beautiful buildings. They're very 
well-built. They have high standards. However, that same building could be built by in a totally same quality by a local contractor that did not have to f- pay these prevailing wages. He'd just pay whatever he's been paying. And they could build 25 to 30% cheaper, or another way to look at it is they could build 25 to 30% more classrooms with that savings. It's a total ripoff. It's total, it's, this state is being run behind the scenes by unions. And they are just draining the pockets of the taxpayer. That's the money. There's nowhere in government where the money is being properly spent. It's totally a, a scam, a jammed up mess. Kupal ends up his article by saying, he says, of course, the real problem here is that government and the legislature have failed to make the actual education of California's youth a priority. You know, when I was on the school board, uh, at the Ubit County Office of Education, I never questioned uh, my superintendent, Rick Teagarden's, his commitment and love for children. Uh, never did I question that. But it was interesting to me, sitting in board meeting after board meeting after board meeting after board meeting after committee meeting, that children hardly ever got brought up. Children and their needs hardly ever got brought up. What we are always discussing is what the demands of the union were, the budget, Rules, insurance, laws, incredible. Kids kids were just an excuse to make money off them is what it comes down to in the education system. It's too big. It's just a big factory that doesn't work. So he says, instead of, Kupal says, instead of spending the state's $21 billion surplus on up, on, on, use that surplus to go fix the school facilities, for goodness sakes. It's our money. Come spread it out, build the facilities and build them as cheap as you can get them. Not, not build cheap buildings, but as cheaply as you can get it, get the lowest price you can get. Everything I buy, I always look for a good price on it. If I'm buying a, I just bought a laptop for a gal in, in, uh, in Vietnam. And we, we traveled and shopped at four or five different stores over there to see where somebody was having a blowout special. Why? It isn't we didn't want to buy a good product. We wanted to buy the best product at the cheapest price. She was happy with whatever we gave her. We gave her a top quality uh, laptop computer. But the fact is, we we only wanted to spend as least as we could to get the gift that we wanted to give this young woman. So instead of spending, he said, we could spend twenty this $21 billion surplus on upgrading all our school facilities and providing a high-quality education. But they're wasting our money on pet projects like high-speed rail and stupid stuff, environmental stuff that's nonsense. It, there's no science. It's junk science. So we wouldn't have to go into any debt. Instead of if, if we need $15 billion to upgrade our high school, rebuild some high schools, then take fifteen million of that of that a billion of that and and not go into debt and pay twenty seven billion for the payback. It's just crazy. One of the first things my father ever taught me. I'm so grateful. It was just such a small thing to when, the way he said it, but he taught me the power of saving money. And the sooner you save money and and not to go into debt, not to pay people interest because you can't wait to pay cash for it. It's it, it it's a bad. 
It's never good. It's bad, 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 bad. Live according to your means and manage your money well. And the state does neither uh, of these well. I want to go down here and if I can find it really quick. Oh, shoot. We're, we're blow, blew through that fourth section. Let me, let me, uh, I'll come back. I'm going to talk about these local bond measures. And honestly, you guys think, oh, Lou, you know, he's talking too much about California. You're, every school district in this country is facing the same type of nonsense. It's socialism. It's just taking, they, the ultimate thing is to just take all your money and just give you a little bit back and put you on the payroll. And that's where these socialist countries finally did. They just hit the skids. I'm going to play. uh, Let's see. One, two, three. Okay. Uh, This is about a charity that is being attacked. It happens all the time. And we're just publicizing it here. Oh, you know something? I forgot to do something. I forgot to do something. I skipped right over something. Uh, Okay. We'll have to move it down. Sorry. I'm just, I'm, Poor organization here. So we're going to play a clip here, and then I'm going to change things up here. Charity targeted for its Christian beliefs. We'll be right back. Okay, bye. Paul, you represent uh, Children of the Immaculate Heart charity in this lawsuit. Give me the background here. So this charity, to my understanding, first dealt with adult women. They gave help to women who were victimized uh, by sex trafficking, and now they're looking to help children? Yes, Grace Williams founded this charity in 2013. In 2014, they started helping adult women. They've had tremendous success, and they decided early on to open a home for minors because there was a dire need to help sex traffic minors. And they started the process in in 2015. They were substantially complete in 2017. And the government has basically stonewalled their application, refused to issue them a license simply because they won't agree to violate their sincere religious beliefs. And keep in mind, this is a Catholic religious nonprofit. And the religious beliefs at issue are their beliefs concerning uh, abortion, concerning... uh, gender ideology concerning homosexuality. And they're not imposing their religious beliefs on these children. They have no religious requirements whatsoever. They simply don't want to participate in conduct that violates their conscience. Right. So let's get into the nitty-gritty here. So, for example, if a teenage girl who's been sex trafficked is pregnant and wants an abortion, the, the problem of this charity is they don't want to facilitate that abortion. It's not that they're going to block this young woman from obtaining a, an abortion if she wants one, correct? Yeah, absolutely. If the woman wants an abortion, she can, she can drive herself to Planned Parenthood. She can have a family member or a friend or a volunteer or a placement agent. They don't want to be the ones in the car driving them. That's the issue. They're not going to stop them from attending you know, a gay pride parade. They're not going to stop them from, from living their life. Actually, if you speak to these women... 
Um, and, you know, when they heard about this issue, you know, the women that they're helping, they, they couldn't even believe this was an issue. They said, if you're trying to convert me to become Catholic, you're doing a bad job. I mean, they, they have no idea. This, there's no religious requirements in this, with this nonprofit. And it's just, it's just the state of California putting their political agenda above the interests of these young girls who are in desperate Which, need And this, it's so shocking to me to see these numbers, to see the fact that there are f- between four and 8,000 women and young girls who are sex trafficked. That's only in one city in our country every year. That's in San Diego alone. These women are desperately, they desperately need our help, need the help of charities, just like Children of the Immaculate Heart in the state of California uh, it's unbelievable. Talk to me a little bit about this license. So this license is relates to the home for minors. Is that similar to a foster care license? It's similar. It's a little bit more targeted. It's called a short-term residential uh, therapeutic program. It's a specific license, and they've hired a consultant. They've went through a whole uh, complex scheme of licensing and regulations. They've got this beautiful home ready to go, ready to house these, these, chil- these girls, and it sits empty in San Diego right now simply because bureaucrats with a political agenda, want to make sure that, these, that this Catholic nonprofit, they want to see them violate their sincere religious beliefs. And the founder of this nonprofit, I should say, Grace Williams, is just, if you met her, you would see she is full of love. There is not one ounce of discrimination or hate. She is a saintly woman. She reminds me of Mother Teresa. The state of California should be overjoyed that a woman like her is giving up her life to help these girls. Instead, they're blocking her attempt to help these girls. They're keeping this house empty and it's a, it's a true injustice. It's Thanksgiving season. Let's look at 10 facts climate alarmists don't want us to be grateful for. Giving thanks number two, petroleum. Climate alarmists and Green New Dealers consider fossil fuels to be evil and would ban their use if they could, but petroleum is necessary for just about every aspect of modern life. Without petroleum, we wouldn't have aspirin, cell phones, yoga pants, TVs, computers, water bottles, bicycle tires, tennis rackets, tennis balls, speakers, sneakers, chewing gum, dentures, lipsticks, solar panels, bug repellent, toothpaste, artificial limbs, wind power, straws, batteries, roof shingles, toilets. You wanna build your wall? We're back. Hey, I want to uh, thank Dave Greenitz at Greenitz Construction uh, for being a faithful supporter of First Live with Lou, which was our radio gig, and then No Hostages Radio. And uh, he supports us, keeps us on the air, as they say, whatever that means nowadays, or on the Internet, whatever you want, all you techies, whatever term is the term. You know, I, I never feel bad about using old terms because we still talk about horsepower. How much, how many horsepower is that car? I think, oh, I was thinking, how many horses can we put under the hood there? Dave Greenitz is a friend of mine. I'm not, I, I'm proud of that fact. He and his wife, in fact, he and his wife are behind the Mary Mary production. He's a construction guy, builds all the sets. She does all the uh, writing of these plays. They're behind that. But he also, <clears throat> the way they make a living, they do this as a, as a gift to the community and love to the community, the Creative Light Theater. But Dave makes a living making houses better for people. And uh, I was just talking to Monty Hecker 
uh, at Elite Universal Security, and he had he heard Dave's advertisement on the uh, on the podcast, and he hired him to put in a deck. And I asked him on the other day, I said, hey, how'd that deck turn? He said, we love the deck. I said, we like, they did a good job. They, we like that deck. So Dave uh, is known for, he does some decks. I was talking to him the other night. At, uh, we go to the same church, and uh, he was commenting uh about his business and and uh, we we're talking about always get an update and he tells me if you got a referral from the show and but uh his real the thing that's just shocking to me uh because i appreciate good work i worked in the painting contract business for years and uh, what's really impressive is his kitchens and bathrooms and he and on his website greenitz construction g-r-e-e-n-e-t-z construction.com and on his Facebook site, Dave Greenitz Construction, you can see the before and afters of these kitchens that are like, you know, to me, even some of the kitchens that are being replaced, I think, oh, I could live with that probably. But, you know, not the average guy. But they they redo these kitchens and, re, you know, they re, lay them out differently and put in different windows, different lighting, different uh, surfaces and all the new, you know, countertops and, and cool floors. And uh, just amazing, and new fixtures. It just, uh, it's impressive. And uh, so he said, Lou, we're very busy. We got great, we've got great employees. We got great subs, and we're just able to do some really beautiful work. And so don't take it from me. You can go look at it without even leaving your your home. Have a cup of coffee. Just look over at Greenitz Construction or Dave Greenitz Construction greenestconstruction.com and you and you know we we laugh about the millennials because they're they're unfortunately they're just handicapped they're retarded and they can't even talk to you face to face they get all nervous and they get sweaty and clammy and and i think you got to take their blood pressure or something but they can dave's made it easy for the millennials because you can just email him right off his website and tell them what your needs are, and, and you can kind of ease into a full-blown conversation. But the interesting thing about Dave is he's he's low on administration. They just everybody works there. They actually put the building together, and uh, you'll probably actually get him answering the phone at five three zero six eight two nine six zero two. You'll get Dave on the phone, or if you don't, you get an answering service. When I call him, if I happen to get his answering uh, device. I'll hear from him probably within the hour. Uh, some sometimes people I'll get you know I'll call around town doing some business. They'll say we'll call you back within two days. <laughs> I thought shoot the world may end in two days. So if you call Dave, you usually right on it. He gets right back to you and, and gets an appointment right away. So if you're you know how it is, you think about you think about we're going to do a kitchen, we're going to redo our bath. You're talking about it, talking about it, talking about it with your partner for five years and then all of a sudden you want to, you want a meeting in 24 hours, right? You want to start in two weeks. That's how it is. Isn't that in life? You like been talking about it for a dozen years and now we're going to do it. We're going to do it in December. So if you call him at six, eight, two, nine, six, zero, two, he will help you out. And, and, uh, they also do a lot of other things. Whole house fans, man, before the summer gets here, PG and E prices are going up. You could get a whole house fan put in this winter and uh, that will suck the hot air and cut down your utility bills. And uh, they just do a lot of unique things as well. Decks. Uh, if you, you know, sometimes you just, maybe you're going to, maybe you're thinking of selling your house or you just want to upgrade the look of it. Maybe you could re-landscape, 
put in a new entryway, new nice new door. Just makes the whole place look better. Fresh paint job. He can help you with the, the doorway and all that kind of stuff. Also, let me, since we're on this, I, I'll just finish up with kind of promo and some of the people that are helping me. Um, plumbing doctor, Ted Holmes. In fact, I just listened. I just got back in from Vietnam and I was listening to my messages and I got a call back, called the plumbing doctor people, Ted Holmes back. And uh, they will come out 24 hours a day and solve your problem. And they don't just work by the hour. They will actually give you a, a quote on what they're going to do and they'll stick to that quote. And so they'll, they can come out in the middle of the night if you got to have it done or uh, at a time more convenient. And uh, you can call them at 530-671-9111, 530-671-9111. That's in Yuba Sutter counties they serve. And that should do that. And I was getting ready to talk to you about the local taxes, more Yuba bonds. And um, if you go on the no on Measure K uh, site, you're going to, you can stay up with all these bonds and please do that. If, if you, uh, now the Yuba college bonds are affecting a lot more than Yuba County, even though it's Yuba college, right? I'm trying to, I'm trying to scroll through here. Here it is. So, uh, this Yuba college bond is going to be voted on. These new bonds are the, by the way, we, we've already, we're, if you look at your property tax bills, um, you're paying on four bonds right now. Um, and let me give you, um, you're paying on Yuba College Bond A. It's going to, this is, these bonds were launched in 2006. You voted for them. You voted them in. They couldn't just do them. They, you voted for them, right? Because you believed in Yuba College. Now, there's multiple campuses in Yuba College. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But there's Bond A, Bond B, C, and D. They don't even pay off from 2006. A doesn't pay off until August 1, 2031. So Bond A on your tax, uh, I don't know how long you're figuring on living. I'm not going to live to pay these bonds off. I'm just not. I, I don't, I don't, there's not enough years to go here. So one of them, A has 11 years remaining. B has 26 years. C has 30 years. 30 years. Is that amazing? D has 19 years remaining. These are bonds that were voted on in 2006 and they went out and started taking the money and then we're paying them back, right? And the payback, like I mentioned, on some of these bonds, you're almost paying twice as much back as the money you got to use in the old days, we would call that loan sharking. We'd call that mafia money. Like you get, you, you borrow a hundred and you have to pay 200 back. Isn't that incredible? And we just, we just vote these things in now. Like it's going to be no big deal. So, so right now on your taxes, if you're in, uh, in, if you're in Placer County, parts of Placer, just a handful of piece of people in Placer, Less than 300 people in Butte County, 16,000 people in Yolo County, 46,000 voters in Sutter County, 34,000 voters, 34,000 voters in Yuba County, 9,000 uh, voters in Calusa County. Those are the voters on these bonds. 
Now, these people, now all the voters don't have to pay the tax. Did you know that? Only property owners pay tax. So if you're a renter, now you can say, well, you know, they'll just raise raise the rent. They may raise the rent. But the people that are like, for instance, if if you if you move out of the area, you don't have to pay anymore. If you're a renter, right? But if you move out of the area and don't sell your house, you move into another house. You got to pay these bonds, even though you're not living here to benefit from them. You may not even have any kids in school. You may never have had any kids, and you got to pay on these these schools. So these four bonds were started in 2006, and they're not finishing. Up to 2050. Okay, now you think, oh, they they already spend that money? No, they haven't used all that money up yet, but they want more money. Now they need more money. In fact, it's interesting. I wrote an article for the Territorial Dispatch. Do you know that California is one of the only states in the union that our junior colleges are are going down in popularity? That the enrollment is dropping. Other states, it's going up. But why are we why are we needing all this money if we don't need these if if the people aren't wanting to to attend the colleges? You know, you can go get a job without going to Yuba College. You know that? You can go to a tech school, you can the trades right now, the trades are great places. They they don't even teach the trades at Yuba College. They might teach a business class, but you can just take one class somewhere. You could take take a business class online. Why would you even need to go to junior college? Most people don't even need to go to college to make a good living. Did you know that? The trades in electrical, plumbing, uh, all kinds of manufacturing, you know, building, construction, huge money, fantastic money, really good life. And you don't even have to go anymore to school. Just get your reading, writing, arithmetic, and go get them. Go get trained on how to do the work. So. Those are the voters that are going to be voting on these next bonds. 2020, the Yuba College is asking for $228 million more dollars. $228.4, I think, million dollars. And, and then we're, I don't even know when they're, they're going to pay off. It, I mean, it's, it's going to cost like we're paying back almost 100% more than that to pay them off. It's it's like over 400 million to pay off 228 million of this it's crazy. They want to build another uh you know out in Sutter County. They're trying to develop a campus in Sutter County. Like there's campuses all over, right? There's campuses over in Calusa County, Yuba, Sutter, and they want to build a brand new building over there in Sutter County. And I my question is why? If if you have the money already, it's up to you. But if you don't have the students, right, it's like the economy of scale. If, if you've got a classroom and it's got 25 seats in it or 30 seats and you only got half of them filled, that's a total waste of money because you've got to air condition, you've got to clean, you've got to paint that classroom, you've got to maintain the parking lot, you've got to maintain all the infrastructure of that campus, and it's only being used for maybe 45% of the time, Right? I mean, a factory that works 24 hours a day is an efficient factory because you, the, why have the factory just sitting still? All you got all the equipment sitting there, right? So if this is an education factory and, it's, and the what I read from the California Policy Institute is that the, the attendance at junior colleges, which is a junior college system, Yuba College just being one, Butte College is another, Sierra College is another, 
Redlands College is another. There's colleges all up and down the state, junior colleges. They're at a 20-year low in popularity. People aren't going to them like they used to. So why why add more debt? They can't put they can't add this debt until unless you vote vote for it. So all you have to do is say no. And some people say, well, maybe this is the only way they get money to run their school. It isn't. The colleges get money from the state government, the state budget, out of the general fund. They get money. And the junior colleges get a bigger share of higher education funding than both the Cal State University system, that'd be like state colleges, and the UC system, that's the University of California. They all get a they get a percentage of the higher education funds. Junior colleges get the most, the biggest percentage of the pie. So you guys need to, you know, honestly, people it just comes, you know, the government is calling a lot of shots right now. That that uh, you feel like it's out of control and we don't have any decision making on it. But God help us, where you do have decision making. And you're too stupid to figure this out. You don't read. You don't ask any questions. You don't go come and talk to people. You don't listen to a podcast. You don't listen to a radio show. You don't listen. You don't read an article. You don't go on Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association website. You don't read articles. Read read pro and con. I'm not saying just read conservative viewpoint. Read everything and decide what you think is best for you. Because voting on something just being stupid is dangerous. That just fly dangerous, really dangerous. And uh, you need to think about it, and you need to figure it out. And, and now the rich people aren't that, you know, when taxes get too much for rich people, they just up and move across the state line and get, get rid of them. But a lot of times they get around a lot of the taxes that you and I have to pay for. They get out of them. Like gasoline tax, they don't care much about gasoline tax. They just write it off their business. But for a poor person, fuel tax and transportation is a higher percentage of a poor person's overall budget than it is, say, Gavin Newsom. In fact, a lot of people in government uh, and and work for even county government, state government, uh, they don't ever pay any gas anyway. They charge it to the taxpayers. Did you know that? So why would they care how much gas they're using or how much tax they're paying on the gas? Because you're paying for your gas, for you to run your kids around to all the events your kids are involved in, and you're paying for the politician's gas. Did you know that? You're paying for your police force, and you're paying for all the, the security for all the, all the other perverts down there running the state of California. So you really need to look at it. Oh, by the way, did you know that uh, I, I just stumbled across that? I thought, oh, this looks like an interesting article. I thought, oh, wait a minute. I live here. They're talking about where I live. Said the 20 cities in the West that America's Americans are fleeing from in droves. That's a lot. That means a lot. The 20 cities in the West that Americans are fleeing from in droves said, overall, the western part of the United States has historically been a destination for Americans seeking opportunity. But not every part of the West has recently been benefiting from that trend. In fact, it's not true overall anymore. 
So check this out. I'm not going to go through all the details, but let me run these off and get this in an attention getter. These are the 20 cities where people are fleeing from. Merced, California. Pocatello, Idaho. Fresno, California. Fresno had a net population decrease of people leaving of 10,112. It's a lot. Yuba City is 17th. Now, Yuba City is not just, this is a Yuba City metropolitan area. So this actually includes kind of Yuba and Sutter counties. Got that? So the Yuba City metropolitan area lost, had a net population loss of nearly 2,000 people, right? Now, you know what I see that as? Those are people, like I know a lot of them. They, they're they retirees. So that means they took the money that they're getting from state government or PG&E or some other corporation here. They're taking that money and they're moving across state lines where they can live lots less cheaply. They can carry a gun. They have much more freedom. And uh, they, they're they getting paid from California, California organizations, California state, but they're taking and spending that money elsewhere. And and there are people that are leaving that can take like one one young guy uh, who's a paramedic for Bi County Ambulance. He just said, "I'm not going to put up with this anymore." He's a young guy starting out, new three kids, wife, good family. Was raised here, born here, raised here, and he moved to Emmett, Idaho. And they had a job waiting when he arrived, and they love it over there, and it's a better deal for them, right? So Yuba City's in in the top twenty western. Yuba City metropolitan area, top 20 western areas, people are leaving. Bakersfield, California, lost almost 11,000 people. Oxnard, Thousand Oaks, Ventura County, that whole area. They lost almost 11,000 people. Los Angeles, Long Beach, Anaheim lost a quarter of a million, almost a quarter of a million people. Think about it. Las Cruces, New Mexico, lost almost 4,000. Honolulu, Hawaii, lost almost 20,000. Think about that. Maybe it's just getting too expensive over there. I don't know. Madera, California, lost almost 4,000. Great Falls, Montana. Salinas, California, lost over 12,000 people. Salinas. That's big farming area there. Visalia, Porterville, another big farming area, four, almost 15,000. You know, you cut off uh, water to farms, you're going to see a lot of people move because they're, they're working. Uh, Yakima, Cal- uh, Yakima, Washington, Anchorage, Alaska. Anchorage, Alaska lost almost 14,000 people. El Central, California, another big farming area, almost 10,000. Sierra Vista, Douglas, Arizona, uh, Fairbanks, Alaska. A couple of Alaskans here, right? Farmington, New Mexico lost almost 12,000 people. Uh, Hanford, Corcoran, California, 15,000 people. So a lot of people moving. All right, so we're this is our fifth segment we're ending, and uh, I'm going to play a clip, and it will be right back. A message to the global warming alarmists. We'll be right back, and we'll be uh, wrapping up here with our final segment. Sky. Looks good on that neon buzzing on the wall, but darling, it don't match your eyes. And all these kids going on strike, whining in the streets about the world coming to an end. A conclusion based on classroom propaganda 
and gobsmacking ignorance, which prompted this piece that someone sent to me. I thought I'd share it with you. It's called Growing Up. Few commentaries on this global warming hoax have had greater relevance than this. I think I might send it to Al Gore. And it says this. To all the school kids going on strike for climate change, you're the first generation who've required air conditioning in every classroom. You want TV in every room and your classes are all computerised. You spend all day and night on electronic devices. More than ever, you don't walk or ride bikes to school, but you arrive in caravans of private cars that choke suburban roads and worsen rush hour traffic. You're the biggest consumers of manufactured goods ever and update perfectly good, expensive luxury items to stay trendy. Your entertainment comes from electric devices. Furthermore, the people driving your protests are the same people who insist on artificially inflating the population growth through immigration, which increases the need for energy, manufacturing and transport. The more people we have, the more forest and bushland we clear. The more of the environment that's destroyed. How about this? Tell your teachers to switch off the aircon. Walk or ride to school. Switch off your devices and read a book. Make a sandwich instead of buying manufactured fast food. No, none of this will happen. Because, the piece says, your selfish, badly educated, virtue-signalling little turds, inspired by the adults around you who crave a feeling of having a noble cause while they indulge themselves in Western luxury and unprecedented quality of life. The piece ends by saying, wake up, grow up and shut up until you're sure of the facts before protesting. 12th, 13th time to Kiev and... Uh... And I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they, had, they were walking out to the press conference and said, no, nah, I said, I'm not gonna, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. Hi, Patriots. Today I have something very important to express. It may make some people uncomfortable. Maybe you might even unfollow me, but I'm going to be okay with that because I believe that by the end of this video, you and I will both agree that this is the most important message you're going to hear all week. What's happening in our government right now is incomprehensible. The fact that one political party is spending tens of millions of dollars into this farce of an investigation into Ukraine, well... Something smells rotten. Corruption is rampant. Before this, it was Bill Clinton lying to us about a scandalous affair with that young intern named Monica <coughs> Lewinsky. Next, it was George W. Bush with his weapons of mass destruction disaster. Of course, Saddam Hussein was a bad guy, but we had no right to be all up in someone else's <coughs> business. Then Obama comes along with his hope and change. I do not think those words mean what he thinks they mean. Unless hope and change in Kenyan means <coughs> lying and weakening the greatest country in the known world, 
And thank goodness we didn't elect Hillary as president. Can you imagine the level of <clears throat> infringements on our freedom that we'd be dealing with today? I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess that we'd be left hanging <clears throat> on tightly to our right to bear arms. If you agree that the government needs a massive cleansing, please comment below, but try to make it short. People just simply don't have time to read long-winded comments. I'm Good Patriot. Thanks for letting me vent. I'll see you again soon. God bless. Everyone knows all about my transgression. Still in my heart somewhere. Welcome back. Uh, okay, I just got through before the break talking to you about people that are on the move. Some people can afford to move. Like people that are retired sometimes can, and uh, they can just take their fixed income and transfer it somewhere else, sell their house in California, which is expensive here, and they can buy a cheaper house, probably the same house cheaper elsewhere. So that works for them. Young couples who <clears throat> are working, maybe they're working in the trades or they have a skill like they're a nurse or they're a paramedic or they can have, a, you know, in other words, another city is going to use the same skill. So they can just transfer over. That works for them. People that are really buried in their house, they're upside down in their house. They own, they, they, uh, if they sold it, they would take a loss. That gets people into problems. They get trapped here. Or they're just living, they're poor managers of money, living hand to mouth. They're barely making it. They're just paying their rent on their apartment. And they're they're in a job that they, they're just trapped here. <clears throat> so people are moving that can, <clears throat> and they're able to uh, live much cheaper elsewhere. A lot of retirees, uh, not, well, I say a lot. What is a lot? Uh, if you look at, at other countries, retirees are moving into other countries where it's very cheap. In fact, I just saw, I don't have it on my computer here, but I had on my, it was a posting on my phone on the internet about the, the, um, the worst cities, the top 20 worst cities where people, uh, they were rated by expats. In other words, people that are coming to this country for a variety of reasons, maybe they're working here for a corporation or whatever, and they were rating the cities in the United States that were most difficult for them to adjust in. And uh, I think the top three cities were San Francisco, New York, uh, and, and the the in the top twenty cities. I think uh, we had a three or four. Uh, these are worldwide cities. Uh, like Kuwait was number one worst city that people didn't that were difficult for people if they got transferred to Kuwait, right? That makes sense. But in the, I think the top twenty or top ten, the San Francisco, New York, and Los Angeles were were uh, destinations that people didn't want to go to. And uh, and I found in the top ten that they of the cities easiest to go to what comes to mind there weren't any in the united states uh saigon ho chi minh city uh was in the top 10 
Singapore was in the top 10. There's another country I can't Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia was in the top 10 of cities that were really easy to adjust to. They're easy to get around. They, they rate like the, the price of housing, a lot of those type of things, the, the, just getting settled in, finding a place, uh, the culture, easy to work with. And, and I thought, you know, I just came back from Saigon, also called Ho Chi Minh City or HCMC, and it was rated in the top 10. I thought, oh, I, I, uh, what I'm feeling over there is normal then for a lot of other people that are foreigners that are working in that city and how easy it is to adjust. So uh, anyway, just interesting things that you see when you get out outside the United States or get out of California and, and look at the perspective. Like I know lots of people. I, I used to not know anybody that left California and moved elsewhere. Now I just have tons of people that are living all over the United States and loving it and have good thing to say about it because uh, California has, has made some really, they consistently are, it's kind of like the city of Marysville. They California consistently is making really bad choices. And, uh, and in fact, there's just an article in the newspaper uh, here talking about the city of Yuba city is concerned that more, there is a more development and more houses being built. And it's very simple. It's not complicated at all. A fifth, a, I, I could teach a fifth grade or sixth grade class of kids at any school here, and they would get it by the end of a couple sessions on why uh, we don't have a better community. And, and a lot of it's just simply the government's ruined it. It, it isn't to people. It, it, people are going to work. They're buying groceries. They're taking their kids to soccer. It isn't to people. It's the government that has just ruined it. There's so many regulations. In fact, somebody mentioned to me the other day, to build a house at almost you're paying almost the equivalent amount in fees and permits and regulations and impact fees and this fee and that fee and sequa and loquiqua and all these agencies. And almost you almost spend as much for all the government stuff as you do to build the building. And and people that are actually in this to make a living so they could feed their kids, they're just simply not going to do that. They'll go elsewhere. And do it elsewhere. In fact, most of my, including Ted Holmes with Plumbing Doctor and Dave Greenitz with Greenitz Construction, we've talked about this before. They said, Lou, if we, if we had to start over at the age we started, and they're at the end of their careers, at the age we had, if we started over today and as a 20-something, we, we, there's no way we'd stay in California. We'd move elsewhere because it, the, the government has made it impossible to build uh, and, and make a living here. So it's it's interesting to hear the uh, city council of uh, Yuba City. They're going to have discussions and what they call ad hoc committees to discuss why are we charging all these various fees? Now, some of those may be even state fees that, that, that are being forced by environmental and crazy climate control where they think just a rainstorm. You know, it's funny to me when I go to other countries <clears throat> where it really rains hard, nobody even bats an eye. The streets will be flooding and be up to the the hub of the wheel on a motorbike, and they're pushing the motorbike through the water with their kids on the way to school. In that type of weather, Californians won't even attend school. It's the craziest thing in the world. We're such sissies over here. It just it's shocking on how 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 much uh, more uh, determined people are in other countries 
to just go to work and do life. And, and we just become people that are, uh, I don't know. We just hide out. We're just, we're just wuss. We're wusses. It's, it's just an amazing thing. I, uh, the other thing that you, you got to check out if you have any interest in freedom, liberty, uh, the founding fathers, Americanism, you know where you can find the greatest patriotism on earth right now is on the streets of Hong Kong. <clears throat> I was having lunch at Benton Market in the center of Saigon, and two Canadian Asian dudes sat down next to me, and we started talking. And they had just came off. Uh, they'd stayed at a hotel. They'd booked this this tour or this little vacation, and so they booked a hotel on Nathan Street. Nathan Street's a famous major street in Hong Kong, and uh, and they there were firebomb protests going on right outside their hotel deal, and and they got tear gas coming right inside the hotel, and and over there they have President Trump posters, American flags, posters that say make a make America great again here. In other words, make Hong Kong great like America is. They want the freedom. They have the success, financial success, but they don't have the freedom. And the same thing that the socialists here hate and despise and causes gnashing of teeth, they are celebrating over there. They are singing Christian songs out on the streets, like sing hallelujah to the Lord. They are singing the Star Spangled Banner that sissy football players think that they're being it's it's amazing to me a football player is making hundreds of millions of dollars right and in his mind he's being persecuted he's making hundreds of millions of dollars people worshiping and buy the shirt the name the shirt and the jersey that he wears they buy those and they they buy things bobbleheads and stuff celebrating him and worshiping him but they feel persecuted now if that isn't mental illness i don't know what is so in in these young people, these two guys, very sharp guys that I was talking to having lunch the other day, they said, Lou, <clears throat> we went down to get a haircut in, in the barbershop, which is a big barbershop. There was only one barber in all these empty chairs, no, no other barbers. And they said, where are all the other barbers? They said, they're all out in the streets protesting. But they said, we got to keep the doors open. And but all these business people, I mean, this student-led, these people are risking their lives. There's already people getting killed over there and, and women being raped by police officers. I mean, these communists are gnarly. But it's so fascinating that in America, which people look to us as a bastion of freedom, as a stronghold of freedom and patriotism and standing up for what the founding fathers started, we have a huge number in this country that's saying of students that are so stupid they're saying what we want is we want to go up to mainland China, and if we get in trouble and put in prison, we'll we'll give our organs for the cause. I mean, it's it's just the craziest thing because now it's it's now, if you look at the uh, the last paper for uh, uh, the Epic Times, uh, in fact, I'll just I'll just bring it up right now, it's called the Epic Times. It's the uh, the edition November twenty eighth through December fourth. It's a weekly paper right on the front page, <clears throat> organ harvesting front page, organ harvesting Chinese regime likely manipulated organ donation data. And they're admitting in this article 
that they're going to try to go back to where people voluntarily donate their organs instead of taking them involuntarily from prisoners. Unbelievable. And people, students, so stupid. I don't even know whether they can wipe their own ass. They're so stupid in this country right now. They want to go and have that. The, the, my friends in, in Saigon, where the police call you up and tell you to come into the station to be interrogated, they just call you up. You haven't done anything wrong. They call you up. You know what you've done wrong? You've gone to church or something. You know they're doing voice. Right now, They these two guys from Canada told me as they cross the border, which I used to do multiple times a day, the Lowu border from Hong Kong into Shenzhen. Right now, when you go through... <clears throat> You not only have to show them your passport and get a passport stamp and have the visa in there. Right now, they take a photo of your face and they fingerprint you every time you cross the border. And they continually photograph you on the streets of their cities and track you all the way through the... You talk about Big Brother. People have no idea. People in this country have lost their minds. They're so stupid. I have people say to me, when they say, why, why do you go to communist country? I say, because I'm working with the underground church, helping them get Christian literature. What do you mean? You mean they can't, they can't go to church if they want? I said, no. You mean they can't have a Bible? No. Not, in a lot of cases, they can't have any Bibles they want. In fact, you can get arrested over there. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Why wouldn't people know that here? Because people, the media and the education system do not want them to know that because they want them to have a socialist system here. They want to have that here. That's why you don't know that here. Why would you know it if, if, if unless you read something like the or the uh, the Epic Times? Unless you read the Epic Times, you're not going to know. You know, people here are stupid. They're absolutely stupid. They they don't even know who their their local representatives are in their their local city, and then, and then they wonder why you can't even have a car wash here anymore and raise money with, without get, getting harassed by the government. It's crazy. Hey, I wanted to mention before we go here, we got a few minutes left, but I don't want to wait till the last minute. <clears throat> I run this pr- program called Trauma Intervention Program. We, we're in our 26th year. We're started our 26th year this month. And we've never taken a nickel <clears throat> from a, a contribution from the, the, uh, we, the city or uh, county or state government. It's all been from donations, from individuals, businesses, firefighters, cops that, that believe in us, individuals out of their own pocket, they, they help us. And um, so it's not from the budget of your tax dollars, right? So we've done over 11,000 911 responses, and uh, we put in about 40,000 hours a year when we go out and help families provide emotional and practical support to families. Almost all of, of almost probably 99% of our money all goes to support our clients that we work with, people going through the worst hours of their life, and, and also to train our own people and to train emergency responders on what we do, how we do it, and all that kind of stuff. So what we don't spend money on is a lot of fancy buildings. We don't have any offices. We don't, we're not paying for air conditioning. We're not paying for taxes. We're not paying. We, we just don't have all that. We're just operating a very, very lean and mean uh, administrative operation. So we put in about 40,000 hours of work, which translates out to almost a million dollars according to the federal government value of volunteer contributions at that level, hours times the dollars per hour. So it's a pretty good deal. The emergency responders like it. We, we 
take uh, kind of the most difficult parts of an emergency, make it easier to go through, and help people with resources to help them overcome and difficulties they've faced and work through some of the grief that they've they've dealt with. Another benefit of the trauma intervention program is it takes pressure off our emergency responders. It's a tough job. Fire fire can be tough. Uh, firefighting, um, medics for Bi County get traumatized. Cops really have it hard, really have it hard. And so having some extra people on the scene to take care of the families means a lot to them. So if you'd like to help us, you can. We do a fundraiser the last quarter of the year, and we're kind of late getting to it this year, or I'm kind of late getting to it this year. I had some things come up in my life that uh, distracted me for a bit. But um, our fundraiser is going through the end of the month. And if you want to help us, you can electronically, if you don't do checks and all that anymore. You can go to GoFundMe.com backslash tip 2020. That's GoFundMe.com and then add backslash Mark tip tip 2020 tip 2020 and you can give there um you can also go to the yubasuttertip.org that's our website and go to a donation spot there yubasuttertip.org or you can just the the the, the way we get most of the money we get 100 percent of your money is if you write us a check and mail it this snail mail well way and you could give to p.o box 645 marysville 95901 that's P.O. Box 645 Marysville 95901 and uh, that's tip just send it to tip write to check out the tip and uh, you can take tax deductible donation uh, off your income tax if that helps you it is tax deductible and the one of the nice things is usually people are pretty favorable to police and fire and and the medics that that save people's lives so this is a way that uh, you can help them as well as help us help them. So that's trauma intervention. Also, just the last couple of weeks, we've been working on the, the dates of our next. Uh, we're going to we train once a year. If you think, oh, I'd like to do that. I'm, I I have some time. I, our volunteers take three 12 hour shifts a month each. They pick those shifts out where they go out on 911 calls to provide emotional, practical support and and uh to start to get involved in that we do a training once a month a training academy so we're we're going to begin our next training academy on february let me see here february 27th is our next training academy it starts that day it goes there's about eight sessions one two yeah eight sessions uh and we end up on March 7th is our last day of the training. It's not every day. It's March 27th, 28th, 29th, and March 1, and then it's March 3, 5, 6, 7, and that's the training academy. If you're interested in TIP, you can dial me up at 530-713-1838. You can go to our website at yubasuttertip.org, yubasuttertip.org. If you just... Uh, say, you know, I can't do that kind of work. Some of my friends say that, say, Lou, we like, we like what you do. I could never do what you do, but I'll donate towards it. So I got all kinds of people that can help us. So if you, if you can't go out, maybe you can't drive at night or you're not able to get around like you used to be able to, can't stand on your feet for a long time. 
but you'd like to help, you can help us. Yubasuttertip.org, or you can go to that if you want to do elect lots. Sometimes people are like they've done with checks, so they, you can go to GoFundMe.com backslash tip 2020. All right, I think we're about out of time, and um, let me see if there's anything else I can just wrap up. Anyway, I was talking about these Hong Kong protesters, man. It is – I'm just waiting for the day. I have a big photo of the tank man in my office where there's tanks lo- are lined up at Tiananmen Square in 1989, and they were they had just murdered like a couple thousand students. And this tank man, this pe- pedestrian guy, walked out with a shopping bag under his arm and stopped this line of tanks. And uh, he disappeared and never, they didn't run over him. They stopped. But eventually other people got him out of the way. We never know who that guy was because they just call him Tank Man. But these people are risking their lives for the things that we're throwing in the garbage over here. We're throwing our freedom in the garbage. And just across the water, the Pacific Ocean in Hong Kong, young people are risking their life and their entire future for the things that we think are worthless. Boy, that's 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 a attention getter, man. That's cold water in the face for me. All right, so we're calling it a day, and uh, this week, do something. Go sign up for the uh, recall if you're in another state. Stand up, get involved, find out what's going on in your community. Get involved with the taxpayer organization. Get involved with the freedom organization, a civil rights organization. Uh, an NRA organization, uh, you know, pay attention and say no to the eroding of your freedom. All right. See you. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, there's still some things that make us all the same. You, me, them, everybody. Everybody. Everybody needs somebody. Everybody needs somebody to love. Someone to love. Someone to love. Sweetheart to miss. Sweetheart to miss. Sure.